Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The Steelers and the Ravens are reportedly eyeing some big moves in the NFL draft. Which team will make the right move? Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. It's an off-season tale of two NFL cities that could be turned on its head by the outcome of the upcoming all-important draft. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been very productive in making some shrewd free agency signings. They have shored up the offensive and defensive line while patching up the cornerback and middle linebacker positions after some player defections. In short, the Steelers and GM Omar Khan have played it smart, not splashy. The Pittsburgh franchise looking to break an uncharacteristic and embarrassing streak of six seasons without a playoff win looks to continue this wise approach as the NFL draft gets underway late this month. The story has been the exact opposite down in the supposedly charmed city of Baltimore. There, the Ravens are being ripped apart by the trade demands of disgruntled QB, Lamar Jackson. At a recent Ravens press conference on the draft, reporters were prepped ahead of time not to mention Jackson's name as coach John Harbaugh and GM Eric DaCosta entertained their questions. Alas, one brave Baltimore scribe broke the Ravens' rule and mentioned the player who shall not be named. Stern, constipated expression on Harbaugh's face had to be a priceless sight in Pittsburgh. There, all are exceedingly pleased by the Ravens' unraveling. Then came the feathered franchise's Hail Mary play for free agency. The Ravens decided to break the bank for a cranky receiver with a creaky knee. For the princely sum of $18 million for just one upcoming season, Odell Beckham Jr. is coming to Baltimore. Isn't it ironic the Ravens finally get serious about providing Jackson with a reliable receiver right when the quarterback could be headed out the door? In short, it smacks of a desperation move, the kind you'd never see the Steelers make. Perhaps it will work, luring Lamar back into the Ravens' flock. After all, the Associated Press reports that Jackson posted an image on Instagram that appeared to be him and Beckham on a video call, as well as video of himself dancing, perhaps with joy. Hey, maybe happy days are here again down in Baltimore. This after Jackson's pathetic playoff holdout that ended the Ravens' 2023 campaign in utter chaos and bitter recrimination. 
But I think the stronger odds are that Beckham will only add to Harbaugh's headaches, whether Jackson returns or not. This brings us to the NFL draft, where Pittsburgh holds the number 17 pick and three prize selections in the top 50. In other words, it's enough ammo to markedly improve the 2023 team around their cornerstone QB, Kenny Pickett, who isn't going anywhere. The Ravens, meanwhile, are picking behind their AFC North rivals yet again, holding pick number 22 and none in the second round as it stands right now. Word is the Ravens are eyeing an NFL prospect with a direct Steelers pedigree. I'm talking about the Penn State cornerback, Joey Porter Jr. The smiling son of Steelers Super Bowl linebacker Joey Porter has been linked to both Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Without doubt, his services would add some first-round star power to the Steelers' secondary, which took a hit when their best young defensive back, Cameron Sutton, signed with the Lions. Still, indications are the Steelers are looking to go big in the draft, even bigger than Joey Porter. By this I mean Khan and his prime beef-loving GM assistant Andy Weald covet one of the top three or four offensive tackles in this draft. Moreover, Pittsburgh might not be content to stand pat at pick 17 and leave it the chance as to which player falls their way. Instead, there are reports out of Chicago that the Steelers are actively inquiring about trading up to the Bears' spot at pick number 9. From that lofty perch, the Steelers likely would have their pick of a top tackle or the most highly touted cornerback. In short, they'd have their choice to fill one of their top two areas of need. Should the Steelers pull the trigger on this kind of trade, it likely would preclude them from taking Porter Jr. At that point, the Ravens could be poised to swoop in and scoop up the Penn State starter with a Steelers dad. This turn of events is sure to turn the stomach of Steelers Nation. The legion that bleeds black and gold would like nothing more than to see Porter's prodigal son clad in team colors. By contrast, the sight of speedy Porter covered in raven's purple would be absolutely revolting. The only thing worse would be watching as Porter picked off Pickett while covering the likes of George Pickens like blue. So far, the Steelers' brain trust have played the offseason like a grandmaster moving pieces on a chessboard. But those rumors of a draft day trade with the Bears, whom they already fleeced for the number 32 pick in exchange for Chase Claypool, could be a move too far and too smart by half. Especially if it opens the door for the unraveling Ravens to right their roost and feather their depleted nest with the talents of Joey Porter Jr. It would be a sorry day to see in Steelers Nation. Hey, we have much more on all the accelerating draft rumors in this omnibus edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. 
And be sure to check out my print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. It will be packed with plenty of memes bringing the Steelers' trade rumors and the Ravens' Porter prospects to life and to laughs. Right now, let's get right to it. First up, we have Odell Beckham Jr. and that rock star Ravens deal that seems so one-sided and, frankly, downright desperate. The AP breaks down the numbers thusly. Quote, Beckham agreed to a one-year deal worth up to $18 million, including $15 million guaranteed. This for a 30-year-old Beckham who did not play last season following ACL surgery. He now joins a Baltimore team with a quarterback situation that is still quite uncertain. The Ravens have used the franchise tag on starter Lamar Jackson, but he has asked to be traded. Since debuting with the New York Giants in 2014, Beckham has 531 catches for 7,367 yards and 56 touchdowns. Indeed, Beckham made the Pro Bowl his first three seasons in the NFL. He's one of three players in history, along with Justin Jefferson and Michael Thomas, to reach 80 receptions and 1,000 yards receiving in each of his first three seasons, unquote. That's the good, according to the Associated Press. But all that production is in the past. The future in Baltimore looks a lot more shaky, especially with Lamar in limbo, Beckham's health in question, and that combustible mix of egos and attitudes for John Harbaugh to control. My take is that all blow up in Harbaugh's face in a flurry of ruffled feathers. Well, that's the scene in Baltimore, Charm City. But what about Pittsburgh? Hey, the Steelers' offseason has been much, much better. It's, it's been rock solid. But there has been some recent sad news off the field about the tragic death of a fallen Steelers star. I'm talking about the former backup quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, who you'll remember was tragically struck and killed by a motorist on April 9, 2022, as he tried to cross a Florida interstate on foot. As Ray Fittipaldo with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette updates the situation, there's now a lawsuit in the tragic case and some troubling accusations from the lawyer for the Haskins estate. All of it is so, so sad. Here's Filippaldo with the latest unfortunate news on this situation. He writes, quote, Haskins was struck by a dump truck in the early morning hours near the Florida Lauderdale International Airport. According to the Broward County Medical Examiner's report, Haskins died of blunt force trauma and his death was ruled an accident. The report states that Haskins was observed trying to wave down cars for 20 minutes before he was killed. His vehicle was found on the side of the highway with a female companion inside who told investigators Haskins left the car to get gas. Now, Haskins' blood alcohol level came back at more than twice the legal limit. And in a statement, 
the estate's attorney, Rick Ellisley, is blaming the truck driver for the tragedy. Now, he alleges the driver of the dump truck was going faster than the speed limit, had excessive cargo, the brake system had problems, and had low tread on his tires with separated sidewalls. He says this in a statement about the lawsuit. Quote, many questions remain as to why the truck driver did not avoid hitting Dwayne, giving the highly visible activity in the area before the impact and the fact that the other drivers did not hit Dwayne. The truck driver's cell phone records have not yet been disclosed, and the report also notes the driver refused to provide a blood sample to the police at the scene and still has not provided the alcohol test results, unquote. Isley goes on to allege Haskins was targeted and drugged as part of a blackmail and robbery conspiracy. He said Haskins' watch was stolen in the hours before his death, and the drugs ketamine and nortamine were found in Haskins' urine sample, unquote. Now, that last allegation about being drugged, blackmailed, there's not a lot of meat on that bone yet in this lawsuit, but certainly it sounds like a major mystery remains surrounding Haskins' shocking and tragic death. Let's hope all or at least some of it can be unraveled by this court case because, man, it's so, so sad to see this guy gone at such a young age with his future ahead of him. Now we turn back to football and the Steelers' draft dilemma. There's an interesting note. I mean, we're, we're talking about them trading up to get, you know, their choice. But what if they stand pat with that pick 17? And what if both the offensive tackles and the cornerbacks, the two positions they really need in this draft, aren't on the board? at pick 17. What then? Well, glad you asked. Because Mike DeFabio, writing for The Athletic, ranks the Steelers' first-round fallback possibilities position by position and player by player. These are the scenarios for how best the Steelers would spend pick 17 in the draft, assuming they stand pat. So what would the Steelers do? First round fallback number one, defensive line. DeFabio says, quote, It sure seems that's a priority in this draft. Pittsburgh has already hosted or is scheduled to host three defensive tackles. Florida's Gervon Dexter, Wisconsin's Keanu Benton, and Baylor's Saiki Ika. The Athletics draft analyst, Dane Bergler, projects all three will be drafted in the second or possibly third round. But perhaps the Steelers swing bigger, either if a highly tied, touted tackle falls or an early run on corners and offensive tackles forces them to think differently, as in a different position. Georgia's Jalen Carter reportedly is not taking visits to any team outside of the top 10. However, if character concerns cause the polarizing prospect to fall, perhaps the Steelers will feel he's worth the risk. 
Clemson's Brian Breeze and Michigan's Maze Smith might be more realistic options, unquote. That's the defensive line take from DeFabio. But there's more. First round fallback number two, safety. Fabio says the corners the Steelers value are off the board at 17. So instead they select a nickel corner slash safety. Not very creative, I know, but it might make sense with one player in particular. Alabama's Brian Branch is listed as a safety, but brings legitimate positional flexibility to roam around the entire secondary. He played the, quote, star nickel position in Nick Saban's scheme, a role that asked him to defend the slot and also play in the box. It's the same role that Minka Fitzpatrick once filled. Brugler describes Branch as a, quote, naturally instinctive defensive back who is sticky in man coverage and has above-average blitzing skills. Sounds like a schematic fit, and that's according to the Athletics' Da Fabio. But he's not done. First round, fallback number three, Edge. Fabio says, quote, the Steelers appear set at edge rusher. On one side, they have the great T.J. Watt, who is T.J. Watt. On the other side, there's Alex Highsmith. He's coming off 14 and a half sacks on the season. And he enters the fourth and final year of his rookie deal. But there's a solid chance Highsmith is extended before the season begins. And that's based on precedent and GM Omar Khan's public comments. For all those reasons, it makes sense for the Steelers to target a rotational third rusher, either in free agency, hello, Bud Dupree, or later in the draft. If they do draft an edge rusher early, it could signal that they're preparing for Highsmith's possible departure or that they found a player listed as an edge whom they plan to move elsewhere. Iowa's Lucas Van Ness could be in that second category. At 6'5", 272 pounds, he was primarily an edge rusher in the Hawkeyes' four-man front. But he also saw significant snaps inside when he lined up over the B-gap. Steelers could continue to add mass to his frame and move him to the four technique in their base oaky front. Other edge rushers who might be there at 17 include Georgia's Nolan Smith and Clemson's Miles Murphy, unquote. Now, DeFabio wasn't done. He does go on from there listing some other potential first-round fallback positions for the Steelers. One of them was the Kenny Pickett-preferred receiver Jordan Addison and possibly even an offensive guard at pick 17, although there are really no realistic arguments for the Steelers to spend their first rounder at either of these positions or, in fact, any others. All told, either offensive tackle or quarterback remains the most realistic first-round move for the Steelers, even if it involves trading up. But absent that, well, we now know there are some 
legitimate fallback positions for Pittsburgh to take and use that number 17 pick effectively. Of course, only time will tell and that ticking clock on draft night, Thursday, April 27th. But of course, we're not done. We're going to be covering all the latest rumors, moves, possibilities, players falling and rising, Steelers signaling what they might do every Wednesday up until the draft on your Steelers Update podcast. So do yourself a favor, sign up for the podcast wherever you sign up for your favorite audio. So it's right there, downloaded for you and ready to go as soon as it is out, hot, fresh, and still steaming Wednesday afternoon. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.